Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, you heard me answer frequently asked New York City questions that readers have asked me over time on my blog, Instagram, and emails. If you haven't heard it yet, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with a talented photographer and good friend of mine, Madison White, to answer how to find and where to find internships and jobs in New York City, housing tips, and just a run through of what it's like to work as a social media coordinator and a photographer here in New York City. And just to quickly plug, because Madison White is a photographer who I respect and admire because I've noticed her passion for capturing authentic moments creatively. I'll include ways to contact her and follow along to see her work in the episode description below. Madison is someone who I met on Instagram almost like six to seven years ago. Um, We were pretty good friends and we finally met in New York City. She is from Florida and she's also had experience doing social media there as well. So with that being said, let's get started. Internships. How do we get them? Um, I looked on Indeed.com. That was kind of my first place to go about looking for internships in New York City. I actually interned with Rebecca Mingoff and Lily Suzuki in one summer. It was 2016, my junior year of college. And with Rebecca Minkoff, that was more of a, um, a friend who kind of helped me get in contact with the uh, social media team there. And I was able to do that. But with Lily Saduki, I actually applied on Indeed.com and was able to meet her in person and get to know her before starting that internship. So I guess um, securing internships, we could kind of talk about that. Like, what are some ways to do that? Um, I mean, mine was different because my internship was in Florida and I did get that through indeed.com. Um, but it's really more about, I think, reaching out to as many people as possible. Like if this is going to be the start of your career, you want to try to, you know, internships are a big deal and the ones that you get are really going to help you for your future. And I think the more the merrier, if you can, like, so I always did them on the summers, um after college so like each summer I had an internship and then that put me forward then it was easier for me to get an actual job and then down the road you know it was just definitely easy to have those internships but I definitely think that looking on Indeed or LinkedIn is a huge one um that I personally like like everyone a needs to go make a LinkedIn yeah with like a good profile picture make it look like really nice because like that's how you're gonna get the connections too and then you want to try to like start connecting with everyone on LinkedIn um because it's only going to help you. Wait, I have a question. Mm. So, did you already know what you wanted to do, and it was that um, that's what helped you find these internships, mm. or were you just kind of like, I don't really know what I want to do, but maybe this will help me decide that career path? Oh, uh, see, I definitely knew what I wanted to do. I okay. knew I wanted to do social media management, which in Florida was not as popular. So I would reach out to boutiques, um, and then I would work in the boutique, so I would make money. But then I was, like, interning as, like, the social media. Like, that was, like, the side of that I was, like, interning in. But I would also work in the boutique. Okay. just, like, a retail person. Gotcha. And you think that working in a retail really helps with what you're doing now? Or was it just, like, something that you just wanted to know whether you wanted to take it on as a career or not? See, I, I knew I never really wanted to do retail. It just, like, it, in Florida was the only, like, fashion thing that I could do. 
but working retail, I did it for four years. My last retail job, I ended up being in a management position. So then that really helped me getting jobs at like such a young age because right. I'm only 22. And to have that management on my resume is what helped me like get an actual job now in the city where, so I moved to the city and I didn't have to get like a city internship. Yeah, I got from... straight to a management position. Okay. So that's why I think, I mean, retail ended up working out well for me because I had that then management position, but I also was doing all the social media and photography that also helped, you know, getting my job. So you're from Florida and I'm from North Carolina. So we're obviously not in the city, but we were obviously looking for places in New York City. So what are some ways that you can differentiate yourself and just really, I guess, stand out in ways to find a job in the career path you're looking for? It's definitely um, hard. I think when I was, you know, living at home before I moved here, I was like reaching out to so many companies and trying to get jobs. But it's like I didn't live in the city. I didn't have like an address because also, I mean, a tip, I think if you put a New York address on your resume, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're not, I don't think companies are going to waste their time with someone that's out of state. So it, it, I didn't get anything until I actually moved here. It wasn't like when I was at home, I wasn't getting anything, but the second I moved here and really then put myself out there and I got interviews and <clears throat> went from there. Um, that really helped me. But yeah, before I moved here, there was like it was hard. I mean, we're not going to lie and say it's easy. Yeah, I actually have a story. Um, so my mom's friend lives here in Long Island City. And every time I applied, I would use her address. Yep. And so anyone who reached back out to me was like, well, are you able to come in tomorrow or next week for an interview? And I'm like, oh, crap. I would just book a flight. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's what my parents were very supportive. And, like, they were like, if you did get an interview, like, they would fly me out. Yeah. Because they knew that was, like, big enough and big enough of a reason to come out, you know, yeah. to do that interview. So it's yeah. worth it because I'm telling you, it's hard to get. <laughs> it really is. It's very competitive, especially, and These you know, people are probably getting – I mean, depending on, like, the companies you're applying for, but these people are probably getting – hundreds and hundreds of applicants on indeed or linkedin or whatever they're using so after you apply for internships um next you want to look at housing and some great websites to look at are nyu columbia news did i say websites some great housing places to look at are nyu columbia new school educational housing services i actually did educational housing services which is ehs and Um, For me, it was better to do that option because I applied late and NYU and Columbia were all booked uh, for that summer I was going for. And that's why I do recommend applying early and making sure that you can secure a spot, um, even if you don't have the internship yet. So just kind of be on the lookout for that. And if you know people that you want to room with for that summer, I would recommend figuring that out sooner than later. Um, like I said, I did EHS. They have different places located all around the city, which was really convenient based on like the internships I was doing. Um, and they were just really good people to work with. So that's housing that you can always look into. Another thing I can put in, granted, I didn't live here and have to look for housing over the summer, but it's called gypsy housing. It's like a Facebook group and people there, I mean, it's a huge Facebook group, but people there are putting 
like summer leases so say like they're traveling for the summer they can do like one or two month leases i mean there's so many things Mm -hmm. available on that website or on that facebook group um so as just like a little tip that's definitely something I, if like none of these worked out for you or like were that's too true. expensive you can look on there yeah there's people constantly posting on gypsy housing like constantly and, there's probably yeah. like 100 a day i swear yeah so. and um it's not like you can always look, and they're furnished and yeah, look up the people that yeah exactly it's, on so it's not sketchy it's not mm-hmm. like craigslist or something yeah yeah and most of the time, these people are also young, younger and they're students, yep. so they're also looking for a place to stay for internships. See, and that's a big thing, too, for the summer is because if they are students, they're gone for the summer, and that's why they're trying to lease their apartment. That's true. And so it kind of works out well. Yeah. Okay. So we knocked out internships. We did housing. Um, maybe we touch more on jobs. So you mentioned you worked at an agency and you interviewed the people that you were hiring for these positions, like interns. So maybe you can talk about that process. Yeah. So at my um, fashion PR agency, we were looking for interns and we did summer interns, but we also did like throughout the year as well. Um, So I was the one that was, you know, interviewing them when they would come in. I mean, I would like start the interview before like my boss interviewed them. Um, So I can just kind of talk about some like good tips and things that I looked for when interviewing interns and what were some good things that stood out compared to some not so good things um number one tip a i think depending on what your interview is like say it's in fashion wear a cute outfit because anytime a girl walked in and i was like oh her outfit looks really good like that already like started off the thing on a good note you know true actually yeah you gotta dress for what you want yeah that's true um and then Second tip is always bring multiple copies of your resume because, like, I would take one and I would hand one to my boss. Um, Even if it's, like, you say you did it through Indeed or LinkedIn and they have your resume, still bring a printed copy. Like, Mm -hmm. that's so huge. And I Um, would say bring more than one because I remember, like, one time they were reading it out and I need to look at it, too, for some things. Definitely bring multiple. bring multiple. Um, And then in the interview process, like, please do research on the company before you go to the interview. I cannot tell you... Like, the number of times that we asked someone, like, oh, what do you know about our company? And they were just, like, staring at this blank face. And we're like, did you not do any research? Wow. Um, that's a huge thing. And then make sure you ask questions. Like, even oh, yeah. if you don't have any questions, like, please come prepared with questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we just hate it when we would interview people and be like, so do you have any questions? And they'd be like, nope, we're good. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to have something. You have to, like, yeah. Um, and that just shows that you're, you know, interested and you really want the position if you're asking questions. Right. And my last and final tip that was just so key um, was send a follow-up email right away. Like, go find a Starbucks, go find a coffee shop. I mean, I get it if things happen, you can't send it right away. But within 24 hours, send a follow-up email thanking them for the opportunity, saying why you're a good fit for the company, and that you just hope to hear back soon. And, I mean, that, like, shows that you care so much and that you actually want the position. And the number of people that, like, didn't send follow-ups, like, that was just, like, a huge red flag right there. And we're like, we don't want to hire them. Like, they don't really care about it. Exactly. So if there's anything I can tell you from interviewing for interns, those were, like, my little good tips. Yeah, and you have to keep in mind that these people interview so many candidates on a daily basis that you can, you know, stand out by dressing in a different way or whatever, but they'll actually, like, forget you Mm -hmm. probably the next day. But if you send a follow-up email, they'll be like, oh, right, this person, you know? It goes to, like you said, show that you care and you want to be a part of the company. And respect. I mean, my mom always used to tell me to send um, thank you notes, like an actual, like, thank you note in the mail. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, that's, like, the best thing you can do, which it's true. I mean, that really, if you really want to, like, stand out, send a thank you note. Yeah. Um, But... 
I mean, go above and beyond. I just think if you really want the, like, if you actually really want this internship, like, it doesn't hurt to go above and beyond and do as much as you possibly can. Exactly. Okay. Um, so on the topic of looking for or how to approach a job, I guess we could also talk about where you can find these jobs. Again, I mentioned um, Indeed.com is a great place for internships, but it's also a good place to look for jobs because they have like different categories. You can always narrow down like the location of where you're looking for. This is, goes beyond just New York. Um, LinkedIn, you mentioned, mm-hmm. is pretty good. and um, Yeah, so in LinkedIn, at least what I did when moving here is... I would go and follow on LinkedIn all the brands that I was interested in or companies that I was interested in working for. And then once I followed them, I was able to see notifications whenever they posted a job, like I was notified right away so that I could go be one of the first applicants to apply. Um, And then also in LinkedIn, which I love is that you can see the employees at the company. I mean, granted, if it's like a huge company with like 500 employees, it's different. But when you're looking at smaller companies, you can see people that like have the position that you want, see how they got there. You can even message them on LinkedIn. You can try to connect with them. Um, and then something that we used to do is we would message people that had jobs that we really wanted. And we would just say like, you know, I'm, this is about me. I'm moving to New York. And you know, you give a little spiel about yourself. And then you say, I would love to hop on an introductory phone call with you to hear more about what you do and how you got to where you were. And this just kind of gives you that like step in the door. You talk to someone on the phone that actually has the position that you want. You hear how they got there. At least if you can make a good first impression and kind of click with her, like who knows where it's going to lead. So it only can benefit you if you just try to reach out to these people and connect with them on LinkedIn. That's true. Um, Hang on, I was going to say something, but I got distracted by the sirens. Mm Even if the position that you want at a company is already filled and someone has that role, it doesn't help, like you mentioned, reaching out to the person who does have that position. Maybe even going in and shadowing them doesn't hurt. You know, what else, what do you have to lose to do that? You can only gain more experience and maybe a new friendship or a relationship with someone. So again, just reaching out to people, that really helps. Um, And what you were saying about shadowing, that's something I'd completely forgot about. But still to this day, I go out and shadow people and I love to just watch people that have a role that like I want to be in a couple years. And I love just going and assisting them and helping them because I honestly learn. I'm definitely a very, like visual person mm-hmm. and I learn from watching them doing it. Um, so with photography, this is a huge one. Like I will go out with my boss and just watch her do a huge shoot and be there and help her and seeing how she's interacting with people and you know how she's interacting with the clients how she's shooting them like that is honestly like the best kind of you know learning I can do right. even though they're not necessarily paying me that much or anything it doesn't I, matter it doesn't matter it's such a good learning experience so even if you want to reach out to these people and be like I would love to shadow you I would love to you know watch what you do hear what more about what you do mm-hmm. like Education is just so beneficial and so helpful. Um, So anything that you can do just to even get your foot in the door is worth it. That's true. I always thought like when people say you learn the most when um, you do it yourself, but honestly, you learn so much more by working with other people. And I think surrounding yourself with people that do support you and encourage you in that way is key. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on the topic of, I guess, like shadowing and 
with your photography. Can you tell me more about like your photography branding and how you started on that? What made you want to do that? Yeah, so with photography, for me, everything was self-taught. Um, even since I was little, I was shooting literally in eighth grade and would shoot family photos. Like, I did not know what I was doing. It was all just, okay, I would just like mess around with my camera, see what looked good, whatnot. Um, and still to this day, I feel like everything is pretty self-taught. But when I moved here and knew I wanted to start my own company, my own business, I didn't know what to charge people. You know, I didn't know how to reach out to people. Like I had to figure all of that out on my own. Um, but so for how people can do that, because like for me, I just didn't, I mean, I ended up obviously figuring it all out, but I would find, you know, similar photographers that I felt like were the same type of, like they were shooting the same things that I was doing. I was kind of, I just did tons of research essentially and figuring out like what they charge. Like, I mean, you can definitely probably like reach out, you can Google it. Um, and then each area is definitely different. I think this can go for a lot of different businesses, not just photography, but people in New York charge differently than people in LA, than people in Miami, and people in small towns. Like Mm -hmm. wherever you go, it's going to be different. So you have to, you know, price accordingly and charge accordingly, but you want to make sure you're not charging an insane amount of money because people aren't going to pay that, but you also don't want to be too low that you're like underselling yourself. So you have to find that right number that you think is worth your time you know you're getting obviously you got to get paid for your time and your effort um so I would just definitely say do a lot of research and find people that are similar in that industry you know and go off of that so actually I feel like photography is a career path that a lot of people want to take but maybe don't have that experience like you did like growing up and doing it so maybe what are some tips of like Hmm possibly doing your own photography brand or going about reaching out to people like you said how I got started because everyone has to start from somewhere I would go out and shoot all my friends I'd be like hey you guys want to go shoot photos um and and I had all of like these like photo inspiration saved I just would go around and just literally just play around like play around with lighting play around with you know taking cool photos from there I started you know an Instagram because I just think having that is so helpful Mm -hmm. you know even if you don't have tons of experience just posting on there um and building that because then once you build that it's easy for you to reach out to people Mm -hmm. and honestly at first you're gonna have to do it for free you're gonna have to reach out to people and be like I'd love to shoot you just to build my portfolio Mm -hmm. also just speaking of portfolio Mm -hmm. think of Instagram as your portfolio not just like oh I gotta have a lot of followers so people can see that like it's not it is about building exactly your portfolio being creative with it and just piecing that all together even my photography Instagram I don't have a lot of followers at all but that's not like hindering my photography you know it's good for me just to post on there Mm -hmm. and to post all my work still um so no matter what have like a separate instagram for that Mm -hmm. um and then that's where you can go and start reaching out to people through dms i mean you can't email them but i feel like people read their dms more on instagram right and maybe like even if you don't know the particular uh i guess area of photography you want to do like if you don't know if you want to do fashion travel or um wedding weddings or something i guess just try them all you know Mm -hmm. see what works for you and i guess you could also talk more about that too yeah i know because i do um i do fashion primarily Mm -hmm. but i've been starting to do weddings more and that was something that i never had any experience with whatsoever but the photographer that i work for you know she shoots weddings all the time there's like a whole team of us but they always need weddings always need second shooters for their main photographer so that's what i started doing so 
even though I had no wedding experience whatsoever, I've now shot probably like four weddings as a second shooter. And, um, you know, wedding photographers always need second shooters. I didn't know that actually. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Because weddings are such like a, a one and done. Like you can't reshoot a wedding. That's true. If you mess so up. say there's the main shooter, the second shooter shoots behind them. They shoot the exact same thing that they're shooting, uh-huh. but from different angles. Oh. And then if anything were to happen to that main photographer's like memory card or whatever, you have that second shooter that was also there shooting the first kiss, the first dance, like, so it just doesn't, it always helps, you know, to have backup. Okay. So you could even go out and reach out to, there's so many wedding photographers out there, reach out to them and be like, I'd love to get more into, you know, shooting weddings. I would love to second shoot if you have any weddings coming up. Um, even if it's not for any pay, just to have that experience and to like actually go through shooting an entire eight hour, seven hour wedding, wow. that would just like help you tremendously. So that's insane. Wow. And same That's with photographers. Reach out to them. They always need assistance. They need people helping them. And, like, cause they probably have, like, big shoots that they need, yeah. you know, I second shoot still for photographers. Right. And, yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I learned something today. Um, so, I guess since we talked a lot about, like, photography and, you know, that career path, I guess I could talk more about what I do. Um, and you actually did too. So mm-hmm. we both, in some ways, we do social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I do social media for a phone case company in Brooklyn. And um, I basically curate all their content. I publish their posts. I schedule them. I also do um, brand growth and just check analytics and make sure um, everything is up and running and if there's like sales I cover that too so there's a lot that goes into social media it's not just um, post on Instagram it's really focusing on the brand strategy and um, figuring out new ways to think outside the box with social media and what's new and up and coming really like being able to be creative with I guess my own branding and just uh, focus on different ways to grow uh speaking of the name of this podcast i also want to just point out that it's important to intern for that experience like i guess for me i had my blog so i was able to do more interviews with these positions just because i had that background i was able to um, talk about that and show my portfolio but for someone who doesn't have a blog but still wants to do social media and still wants to learn these things it's you know it doesn't hurt to reach out to maybe again like the person that you've been following or even someone like me or someone like Maddie and be like I would love to hear more about you um, we're always here to answer your questions uh, your dms emails please feel free to contact both of us mm-hmm. you know and we'll also share I guess like how you can reach out to Maddie mm-hmm. if you're here in New York and want to even shoot and learn more about photography So even if we tell you guys like what we do, kind of like we do this and this and this, I feel like it's um, really helpful for us to kind of walk you through a day in our life um, and what we do for work. The thing I like most about social media is that it isn't constant. It's changing all the time and every day isn't always the same. So I wake up really early. I wake up at 6 a.m. because my work is in the Navy Yard in Brooklyn. And so that is a far commute down from where I live. And it takes me about like an hour to get there, depending on the subway delays. Um, And I start work at 8. I go in and the first thing I like to do is check socials. So I'll look at Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter and I'll answer the customers like comments or any DMs that they have. Usually there's a lot in the DMs that I send them to customer service. I also look at the numbers for maybe stories I posted the day before and see how many swipe ups and just like kind of track uh, the growth for that. And um, I then make sure everything on the, the publishing side is good to go because I like to plan everything out and I'll schedule these posts. I don't actually post them on the spot. I will make sure that's running smoothly and I'll look at like Planoli and Buffer and Hootsuite. Those are like the tools I use for social media. And not just that, I guess like when it hits lunchtime, I'll take a break and obviously have a lunch break. And then I'll come back into the office and then I'll work on the content part of my job, which is either taking more photos. Also, another part of what I do is I also do influencer relations. So I'll research influencers or what I like to say content creators um, for the brand and make sure they are a good fit for the brand and um, email them asking if they'd like to work together for content. So that's always fun, um, just finding who else is out there. I do spend a good amount of time on Pinterest because Pinterest is actually a really great way to sell products, actually. And I like that their features are shoppable and easy to track growth. So after four, I go home. Again, it's like an hour commute. And I get home at like five and I don't immediately just chill and rest I go straight to work with my own branding and either a blog post that I'm doing that day or a YouTube video that I need to work on or even this podcast now that I've added this to the list um, there's always so much on my plate but yet I love doing I guess working around the clock doing these things make me happy so I think everything just balances out in that way so I'm going to start this off with a funny story that I just thought of okay. um, with you telling me your day in a life. When I first moved here and I was like hanging out with Grace, I was like, Grace, what TV do you watch? And you were like, I don't have time for TV. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have time for TV? Because like I would come home from work and the first thing I would do is watch TV. But now I 100% see why she does not have time for TV because I'm the same way now, like exactly with what you said, like you come home from work and then you just start working again, yeah. doing our own but work. But it doesn't feel like work. No, and it's fine. That's why I'm not, like, upset about it. But But I just, like, always laugh at that story because I'm like, what do you mean you don't watch TV? I remember that. But now it's like I totally get it. But, I mean, I'll get into my day in the life. I just (laughs) had to share that story because I thought it was funny. My day in the life is a little different because each Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday, Thursday, I have different schedules. Um, But I'll go over, like, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule because it's just a little more, um, more to talk about. So I start work at 1030 at my PR agency but that gives me plenty of time to do shoots before work. So sometimes I'll do shoots from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning or 9 to 10 is like a big time that I'll do a shoot um, because then I can hop on the train. It usually takes me 30 minutes to get to work or I, I mean I get to work early. So I'll start the morning usually with the shoot. Then I'll go to work um, at the PR agency. It's very similar to Grace, social media management and influencer relations. I won't go too much into detail there because I'm just going to talk more about photography side. But I'll, you know, plan all the feeds out, do all the posting, send out gifting for influencers, reach out to new influencers. Those are all the things that I would do at the PR agency. I have an hour lunch break, which not going to lie, I would do shoots on my hour lunch break (laughs) while I'm still like, so you're taking a break instead I'm working. Then I'd go back to work. 
I probably do shoots at work because at the PR agency, I also did photo shoots for them. Then I got off at 5.30 and once now that like, you know, with daylight savings times, like that's a good time to shoot right now that it's like lighter out. So then I'll go and I'll do a photo shoot after work. Like I'm not even kidding you. This is sometimes how my days are. Wow. Um, I'll usually only do one after work and just like a six to seven is like a good time. But then I'll get home and then I'll have to go upload all the images and do all the editing and... I honestly now don't stop until like 10 o'clock on most nights just because the editing and the uploading process, I try to get all my images to the clients within 24 hours Mm -hmm. for them to then go make their selects of their favorites and then I go and edit them. But the turnaround time, I mean, I think that's something that like stands out is if you can get people back their images really quickly, they really appreciate that and really like that. So when I come home from work, you know, I had to like import those images like right away so I could get them to the client and then that ended up taking, you know, there goes my night, like eat my dinner at my computer. TV, what TV? (laughs) Now I know what TV. I don't have time to watch TV anymore. It's so interesting because even like my coworkers, whenever we talk about like, what do you do after work? They're like, oh, you know what? I'm bored. Like what show should I watch? And they're like talking about whether they should do this show or this show. Mm -hmm. And I'm like over here like... I wish I had time to watch a show, you know? (laughs) I used to, I mean, that was me. Like, I literally would just watch, I mean, in college or whatever. I'm a huge TV person, so, I mean, I watch TV shows all the time, but I legitimately just do not have time right now to watch TV, which sucks. I wish I could watch TV, which I'm happy. I'm not complaining. I love what I do, and I love that I'm busy, but I do kind of miss just laying down after work. I mean, this is not, like, an everyday thing. Like, I do still have time to watch yeah. TV and chill after work. And I give myself the weekends, too. As you should. I feel like once you find a balance, you know, yeah. that's that's what's key. Exactly. So I, th- I just think it's interesting just hearing what other people have, on, you know, going on in their life and then comparing it to – not comparing it, but I guess yeah. hearing theirs and then – knowing your own schedule and you're just like wow the new york hustle is real it really is you have to hustle to make it here honestly you cannot just relax and you know hang out and hope everything gets handed to you on a platter you have to really work hard for it and that's why we do love it here though Mm -hmm. that's so true i love the the hustle and bustle and and nothing stopping i just keep going (laughs) why do you think they say um if you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere true so once we leave the city we're gonna miss Mm -hmm. if we do leave the city i don't know about you yeah eventually eventually i know in like 10 years yeah we'll be here in our 20s yeah now exactly Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening for the next episode in the series where I have a conversation with my friend Eric to talk about relationships in New York City. Thanks for tuning in.